Welcome to the Lifehouse Message Podcast. Please make sure to follow or subscribe to this so that you can get all the latest messages. We hope that you are inspired, empowered, and encouraged by the message today. Let's enjoy. Hey everyone, my name is Richard from Lifehouse in Hong Kong, and we are right at the end of our Closer to Love series, talking about love here at Lifehouse. And we really do believe that God has amazing plans for our romantic life, and He wants to bless you in that area of life. And before I get into today's exciting topic, why don't we just take a moment to pray and invite Jesus to speak to us together. Lord, we thank you that you have amazing plans for our relationships. And I pray that in this time together, as we lean into your word, we, are, we open up our hearts and we ask for you to touch us, to impact us. We want to draw closer to you and for you to rub off on us. So we thank you so much for this opportunity to come under your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. Well, hey guys, I don't know how uh, you've been feeling about this whole relationship series. I'm sure many of you are very excited, but maybe there's a couple of you and you've struggled with this thought of how do I really move on from the past? Maybe some things happened in your relational past. Um, Maybe maybe it's not even with the topic of relationships. Maybe it's something else, but there's something in the past that's kind of still holding on to you, almost like baggage that you're carrying around in life. Well, I believe that God wants to help us to process that through the cross and to be able to move on to the great things that God has for us and especially in the area of relationships to move into that exciting relational future that God has planned for us. So today that's my topic. How do I really move on from things in the past? And I want to tell you that anything that has happened to you, any kind of hard stuff that you're still carrying around, maybe any pain or so you think about some things and you get some flashbacks and you're carrying this around in life. Well, hey, instead of carrying that, God can, God can make that become part of your testimony of overcoming, of healing, of freedom. And I believe God can even use those painful, painful things from the past to uh, bring about blessing and uh, to bless others also in our future as well. We're going to look at a story here of Jesus encountering a woman with a past. He did not know her. Uh, she was from a different uh, kind of subculture uh, in Israel in those times. And the verse, the, the scripture starts off in John 4 verse 6. And it's kind of a famous Jesus story, the story of Jesus with the woman at the well. John 4 verse 6 says, Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat warily beside the well about noontime. Now, this was in the middle of the day. Sounds like Jesus had been out and about walking and and traveling from town to town, doing ministry, blessing people, healing people. And hey, ministry takes a lot out of you, but also the sun takes a lot out of you. And and recently in Hong Kong, it has been so hot and humid. And, and I know all over the world, there's been a huge heat wave. In fact, July was one of the hottest months in human history all over the world. 
And sitting down at noontime, you know, you can get pretty tired under the Sunday, oh, not the Sunday, the sun sun, and uh, you can get pretty weary. And Jesus finds himself just a bit exhausted and he sits down next to this well and he encounters a Samaritan woman in verse 7. It says, soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. Now, this is a bit interesting here because he's sitting there. He could probably maybe get his own drink. I don't know. Maybe he didn't have the right equipment and she did. Uh, but it's an interesting uh, interaction here for a number of reasons because she was a Samaritan. And the Samaritans and the Jews did not really get along too well. There was some history there. There was some different kind of theological beliefs and it had caused a great divide between the Jews and the Samaritans. And Jesus, uh, according to all cultural standards, should not have been talking with this woman at the well. And so he starts breaking this cultural norm in order to engage with this woman. And I love that about Jesus. He always had the kingdom first. Like he didn't put his own culture, the Jewish culture, before his biblical values. And I think that's an important part of growing as a believer, right? Is that, yes, hey, for me, I am an Aussie, okay? I'm an Australian. I might live in Hong Kong, but I'm still an Australian. And there are some things that are normal in my culture. Maybe some things that are wonderful. And there's also some other things that are not so great about our Australian culture culture. I love Australia, but no culture on earth is perfect, right? And I'm sure in your culture, there's many wonderful things and there's a few things that probably need to actually come into line with Jesus culture, with kingdom culture. And I think very first, hey, I might have been born uh, to, to become an Australian, but actually I gave my life to Jesus and so I'm a Christian even before I'm an Australian and all of my Australian values must be submitted to my kingdom values, my Jesus values. And I think that's important because sometimes in life you will find yourself in moments where maybe there's some pressure from your culture, maybe some pressure from your family to do certain things or, or not do certain things and uh, actually God's word or Jesus is speaking to you and it's actually the opposite. And you're going to have to actually decide, what do I do here? Do I obey my culture or do I obey God's word? And in this moment, Jesus did break free from culture in order to engage with someone who really needed some help. And in verse uh, 9, the woman is surprised, right? She's shocked for Jews refuse to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? She was surprised. This is not normal. And so, you know, whenever something unusual happens, maybe you have an encounter with a stranger and you're kind of trying to read this person. You don't know whether they're for you or whether they want something from you. In fact, just recently, I was in another country uh, of the world and uh, I was walking down the street and we were going to go and get some ice cream. I love ice cream. And uh, we were on our way to ice cream and I had a, a, a Westerner come up to me and start talking to me. Now, this was an Asian country, so I knew he was not from there. And he came up and he said, hey, where are you guys going? And he was really loud and I was like, whoa, okay. 
And I said, uh, actually, we're going to get ice cream. And he said to me, can I come and get ice cream with you? And immediately I'm like thinking, what is going on here? Like, is this guy okay? And, and then he said, and I said, look, honestly, we're, we're just going to be quick and kind of tried to move on a little bit. And then he said, oh, don't worry. I'm just really drunk. And I said, ah, okay. I now know what's going on, but I'm trying to work out who is this guy? What does he want? Is he trying, you know, you know is he trying to hurt us? Is there something bad that's going to happen here? And I think this woman would have been thinking this about Jesus. It's like trying to understand, is, is, he, is, is he wanting to take something from me? Is, he, uh, is there a malicious intent with this guy? Is he trying to humiliate me for some reason? And I remember uh, first, the first few times, actually, that a Christian leader came to me and, and, and brought up something, maybe some area of challenge in my own life or something from my um, the way that I was acting and, and it kind of brought up a past issue and I just, you know, I wasn't really sure how to, how to react when that loving person engaged me in a truthful way, in an honest way in order to help me maybe get free from some baggage from the past. I wasn't really sure how to interpret that as a new believer when say Christian leaders were honest with me in that way and I think sometimes we can wonder, is it, you know, God, when, when this is coming up in my life, maybe when you're reminding me in my journaling and, or, or maybe someone in my life, a, a pastor or a leader or a good Christian friend is bringing this up, we can very easily kind of try to be on the defensive because it's getting uncomfortable. It's getting a bit awkward right now. But let me tell you, Jesus' goal was not to make this woman uncomfortable. His goal was to give her a life that was beyond her imagination, a life of blessing, a life of, a life of freedom from the past because we're going to find out that she's been really struggling in her personal life and particularly in her relationships. So verse 10, Jesus replies to her, If you only knew the gift that God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Wow, what an incredible promise. And it's so much, it sounds so amazing that she's kind of struggling to process what this means. She doesn't know she's standing in front of Jesus, the Son of God, who has all the power in the world to set her free from her past, to set her free from the pain and the flashbacks and all those painful memories. She has no idea who she's in front of. And and, and the kind of new life that Jesus can bring her back to, right? To give her a second chance at life. She has no idea. And sometimes when you've been living under baggage for so long, when you've been living in the pain of your past for so long, you kind of just get used to it. You get used to carrying that around. And uh, for me, uh, personally, I hurt my back when I was uh, in my early 20s. I, I injured my back at the gym and I've never really been right in my back and because it's been so long now sometimes I find that I actually forget to ask God for healing and and if you ask me right now I'm believing for healing for my back but I often just forget about it I often just learn to live with my problem because it almost just feels like I've had this for so long it's just part of who I am 
But no, I'm reminded when I read those healing scriptures, I am still believing for my healing in Jesus' name. This is going to be a testimony one day of how God healed my back. And sometimes we can get so used to carrying around that problem that we're not even looking for a solution. We're not even believing that God can do a miracle. And so she's kind of stuck in this permanence of her own situation. In verse 11, she says to Jesus, But sir, I don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? She's talking about a drink, and Jesus is talking about new life. He's talking about uh, 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 something bubbling, bubbling up in her heart, a new, new life, freedom from the past. And she's kind of stuck, uh, not even seeing the real heart behind what he's saying. And uh, in verse 13, Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I will give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Now, we're going to find out a little bit later about her exact situation, but we find we will discover that she's actually broken on the inside. She's hurting. Uh, there's some relational uh, challenges there. So she, she goes, she's in a place of inner brokenness, but Jesus is offering her a bubbling spring of life within. Total, total new life, eternal life even. What an incredible, uh, what an incredible offer that Jesus has for her. And I want to ask you, do you believe that Jesus can heal you? Do you believe that Jesus can set you free from the pain and from the flashbacks, from the baggage, the things that you may regret in your life, the things that maybe happened to you, that someone did to you, how you were hurt? Do you believe Jesus can set you free from those things? Because I believe that's His heart and He also has the power to do so. John 4 verse 15, she says to Jesus, Please, sir, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. She's still talking about the drink. And I actually went camping recently with my family, and there was no tap nearby our tent. So, you know, every night I had to go and fill up a 10-liter water kind of jug uh, just so that we could have fresh water all day uh, the next day and that was kind of annoying every night and I'm thinking man people used to do this every day uh, you know before we had good plumbing and all of that amazing stuff technology that we live with these days and she's thinking wow if I can have this living water I'm not gonna have to do this every day so she's still not quite getting what Jesus is talking about she's not picking up on his subtle hints he has to get more direct with her. And there have been times in my life where maybe I wasn't really picking up on what God was saying. Maybe in my journaling or in my prayer time or in moments of worship, God was whispering things, but I was just stuck in my way of thinking that this could never change. This is just my reality. And so I'm not even looking for a solution. And then it isn't until maybe someone come, comes and speaks something honestly to me that do I have to actually face the situation. And maybe oftentimes it's my wife. Maybe it's a Christian leader or a, a great Christian friend. Uh, but sometimes God has to get a little bit more direct with us 
because I don't know about you, I'm sure this is just me, but I can be a little bit thick sometimes and uh, I'm not really picking up on the gentle things that God is saying. So God will give you opportunities for breakthrough. I actually believe he's been speaking to you already about your pain that you're carrying, about your the baggage that you've been uh, carrying in your life. And whether that's about relationships or maybe some area of your life, a failed kind of part of your business life or your career or friendships. I don't know what it is, but I believe God is actually giving you opportunities for breakthrough all the time. And if we'll just listen then I believe we're going to have those moments and those encounters with Jesus that's going to lead to breakthrough. And so in this moment, Jesus has to kind of escalate things because she's just not getting it. And that's where we come to this part of the story where Jesus starts hitting the real issue, um, the real thing that has been kind of plaguing this woman for so many years. He says to her in verse 16, go and get your husband go and get your husband. Very normal thing to say, but he said it with intention because he knew that she had been married five times and the guy that she was living with was not even her current husband. This was her area of relational pain, her brokenness within her romantic life. I don't know if she had had kids to these previous marriages But I'm sure everyone in her neighborhood or her friendship group or her family knew about her life and her lifestyle. And, uh, you know, at this point, when you've had that many failures, kind of people were, you know, literally going to be pointing at her and say, actually, you're the problem. Um, You're the problem. And that's why all of this has happened to you. This would have been very painful for her. What a sensitive thing to talk about. And Jesus is actually putting his finger on the pain point. And at this point, it's kind of, it would be easy for us to, to kind of pull away as Jesus starts touching that area of pain in our life, that, that thing in the past that we don't want to talk about. But I want to tell you that these are the moments where we've got to open up our hearts. Maybe God starts putting His finger on some sexual sin that's in your life, or maybe a pornography addiction, or maybe some intimacy issues that you have, and it's making it's causing problems in your marriage and all these things are so tender and and we don't even want to share them with with anyone and yet Jesus is putting his finger on it and it hurts a little bit it's uncomfortable it feels awkward to bring these things up well Jesus goes right there and and says hey go and get your husband to this woman and he puts his finger on the pain and recently at the same camping trip that I was just at my youngest boy Jake he's four years old He stood on something a little bit sharp and he hurt his foot. It was very, very minor, but you know kids and you know four-year-olds and he's a very extroverted four-year-old. So he's very dramatic at normal times, but when he's hurt, he's extra dramatic. And uh, so he's limping around and, uh, and, and we have a look at it and he's, uh, and then you give him ice cream. He's fine for five minutes and then uh, back to the pain. And, and so I have a look at his foot and there's a little, little flap of skin hanging off. Just a small thing. It's very, very minor, not bleeding or anything like that. But I went to touch it and he winced in pain. And he said, daddy, daddy, don't touch it. It hurts. And I said, Jakey, I have to see whether there's anything inside. Is there a a splinter or something sharp stuck inside? But Jake would not let me touch his sore, his little cut 
he would not let me touch it. And thankfully, it kind of healed by itself. It wasn't an issue. The next day, he was totally fine. But he would not let me touch it because it hurt. And sometimes we have those moments where actually we don't want someone to touch it. We don't want God to touch that thing because it hurts a little bit. But actually, it's very normal in the medical world. We do things that hurt in order to really help someone long term. Every time I take my kids, you know, to get an injection, to get vaccinated, it's almost like they can't process, why would you hurt me? Why would the doctor hurt me? Why would daddy take me to this evil place? <laughs> you know, and I've got four boys and they're all there and then I do one and he starts crying and then they all, they're all freaking out and it's a bit, this big dramatic thing and yes, we, we understand that, right? As parents, that a small hurt now could really save you from a very big, serious hurt later on. That's the medical world understands this, yet sometimes we don't understand that God might want to heal us, but it might take a little bit of awkwardness in a moment of honesty before Him or maybe a Christian leader or something like that. And so Jesus gets real honest at this point and he, he goes deep and he uncovers really a painful truth, but it's not to hurt, it's to bring healing. Whenever Jesus brings these moments, it's not to hurt you, it's to heal you. And Jesus says to her in, in verse 17, he says, you're right, you don't have a husband for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man that you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Because she had spoke some of the truth, but there was more. And Jesus had to bring that out. Like there was some that was kind of in the darkness. And anything that's in the darkness, you know, Jesus is going to ask us for permission. Can, can I come in there? Can I bring my light to bring healing? You know, sometimes that we're thinking that anything that hurts is not from God. And that's just not true sometimes. And of course, God is loving and uh, of course, it would be wonderful if, if there was no pain in life. But in these moments of uncomfortable awkwardness, you've got to understand that God wants to bring healing. And in 1 John 1 verse 7 to 9, it talks about bringing this stuff out into the light, bringing our past back into the light. Now, that doesn't mean posting it on social media. That doesn't mean sharing it with all the church and your whole connect group and all of this. I'm not telling you to go and confess your sin to everyone in the world, but bringing it into the light in front of Jesus because the promise is in verse 7, if we're living in the light as God is in the light, then we will have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. What's that talking about? It's saying, as we come into the light and Jesus brings us healing, my baggage starts coming off my life. He starts to forgive me. He starts to cleanse me. And those, those painful thoughts from the past start to lose their sting. Now, we may still remember things that have happened or things that have happened to us, mistakes that we've made. We, he certainly won't wipe our memory, but the pain of it can, can go away, can, can come down to a point where we are fully healed complete healing, cleansing, no more baggage, all of this in a supernatural moment with Jesus. 
And that's the moment that is happening right now for this woman. And, and I, I, you know, I love seeing people getting set free from their past. There's certainly been moments uh, at Lifehouse where we have uh, marriage prep courses and for people heading into their, to their marriage or, or maybe they're in their marriage and, and they're going through the course as well. And sometimes some things come up. Maybe there's some pain from the past. Uh, maybe something embarrassing sexually or I don't know, something, something, there's some hurt there and it comes out and it is uncomfortable, but you just see weight falling off people and you see them going towards their wedding day just with the confidence that ah I'm forgiven I am cleansed I am uh, I am I'm pure in the eyes of Jesus I don't have to carry this guilt this shame this embarrassment around any longer this is no longer my baggage this is my testimony of what God has freed me from in my life and this woman comes upon this moment right now as Jesus gets real honest with her. In verse 19, she says, Sir, you must be a prophet because <laughs> you know what is going on in my life and what is going on in my heart. She gets set free in this moment and we see what happens when she gets free. It says that she goes and she starts sharing this with other people and I really think freedom happened and then joy happened and then she got a sense of mission in her life to share that story with others. Verse 28, the woman left her water jar beside the well, right? She's so excited about her healing and what Jesus has spoken over her that she leaves her water behind and she runs back to the village telling everyone, it says, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? She's so excited. There's a joy there. There's a wanting to share with others. Come and experience what I've experienced. And like I said, you don't have to share your pain with other people. But how do we know that she's been healed? Well, she's got this heart to share her story. And it's not a story of pain. It's a story of, of healing. It's a story of breakthrough. It's a story of discovering the grace of Jesus, that He doesn't hold my sin against me. That's the story of the cross, freedom from my mistakes in my life, past, present, and future, discovering grace and our baggage changes from being something we carry to being our testimony. Verse, verse 30, it says, So the people came streaming from the village to see Jesus. Wow, they're so impacted by this woman who they probably knew. They probably knew bits of her story and they know that, that, that she's changed. They can see it in her and they've heard that testimony and they're running to Jesus. And verse 39 says, Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, He told me everything I ever did. And you can see that she's excited. There's, there's a joy with it. There's not a sadness. And I love that in this whole story, we don't see her just like weeping heavily. There wasn't this kind of, there was true repentance for sure but it wasn't in a heavy, overly emotional way. And that's okay if God touches you and you, 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 know, you feel a bit emotional. No problem with that. But it doesn't have to be as well. It can just be a moment of, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your grace. I trust you to heal me. I leave that stuff behind. That's the powerful moment. And then using that story to be a witness to other people and the, my last scripture in John 4 verse 42 says then they they said to the woman 
now. We believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. Incredible. This woman's sad story turns into a joyful, overcoming, breakthrough story that impacts others. And church, I believe that can be your story as well. Bit of my story if you've uh, heard, heard me preach any times before, you might have heard a little bit about my, my relational uh, history. And, you know, before I was married to my lovely wife, and we've been married nearly nine years. And before, before we were married, I was really, really scared. I was afraid of marriage. I was afraid of how big of a commitment that was. And even though I really, really wanted to be married, I had this desire. I had this almost equally as large fear of getting married because I'd been hurt before and I felt like I'd been betrayed. And I just, I just was scared to open up my life again to another person. And it, there came a moment where Jesus just had to grab me through my journaling and in those private moments of worship in my own heart. He had to say, give me your fear, Richard. Come on, open up your heart. Let it into the light and let me heal that. Let me give you courage. And, and I would say that, that, that struggle that I went through that ended up becoming a breakthrough in my own life, it's become part of my testimony. And I hope that if there's any part of my story that you can take home today, it's that there is hope for you, no matter what your struggle is, no, no matter what kind of pain or baggage it is, you don't have to carry it any longer. Jesus died on the cross to set you free from it. And He's got an awesome future for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand. I believe that. So we are going to pray together. And uh, just in your own heart, why don't you open it up to Jesus and bring whatever you have there into the light. Lord, you know our hearts, you know our lives, you know our history. You know the awesome plan you have for us. But Lord, right now, we want to bring out anything that needs to be brought out, Lord. And we don't want to make this a heavy moment, but we just want to be honest with you. Lord, if you need to touch something, please do. We want to be we want to be whole. We want to be living in your promises, Jesus. So any of that stuff that it's just not right, we we, we bring it out. We say we say no. We repent of anything that we need to move on from and we also ask for your help in anything that maybe has happened to us or anything that we've been through. Lord, complete healing. We believe for it from the from the power of the cross. In your grace, Jesus, we receive that right now. In Jesus name. Amen. Awesome. Well, I hope you can feel the presence of God moving in your life right now. And I want to take another moment to just invite anyone who doesn't yet have a relationship with Jesus. And you may be watching in a church service or by yourself, but why don't you say this prayer that we've put um, up on the screen? We're going to read this out together and say this to Jesus from your heart. He loves you. He's a living God. He's a powerful God. He died on the cross and rose again for you so that you could be forgiven and healed and living in His plans. So let's pray this prayer if you want to come to Jesus or come back to Him. Here we go. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I will follow you. Amen. That's awesome. And hey, I'm so excited for your relationship with Jesus. We want to help you here at Lifehouse. So make sure you stick around for some information on how you can go to, uh, on your next steps here with Jesus. 
Thanks for listening today. We hope that God was able to speak to you through the message. If you consider Lifehouse your church home, or if you were blessed by these messages, then why not consider generously supporting us? Simply go to mylifehouse.com give and find the giving way that works best for you. Have a blessed day and we'll catch you all next time.